just before I get Mars to come up, um, I know him as Mars or Marzi. <coughs> um, his real name, he does have a real name, it's Mario Letizia, and I nearly went blank there for a minute. <coughs> but um, just, just before I get him to come up, I'd just like to say a couple of things. You know, life is, um, life is full of questions, isn't it? And um, there's questions like, what is life all about? What is my purpose? Or do I have a purpose? Um, I need to put my glasses on it. It'll help. So, um, yeah, even across the world, we, we look at the Middle East and we say, what's going on, you know? Um, and the Bible has a lot to say about the Middle East. United Nations, the whole world's, you know, it's a bit of a disaster, isn't it, at the moment? And then we have terrorists um, doing all sorts of horrible things. <coughs> Here on the home front, um, safe, um, safe schools, things happening, same-sex marriage, um, all this stuff about gender now. Um, and... Uh, even to the non-Christian looking at the world, it'd say the world is going crazy. And how do we make sense of all this? You know, and how does a non-Christian make sense of, of all this? And even our, our fragility, we're only here. You know, from one minute to the next, we may be here, we may not be. Uh, one second to the next. Um, and so we really need a foundation. And um, without a foundation, we're pretty well lost, I reckon. You know, I often think, what would, how would I feel these days if I wasn't a Christian? You know, the, just the world and some of those things I just mentioned, you'd just be tearing your hair out, wouldn't you? So... Um, Mars is going to come up, and we're not going to really talk about any of that. Um, <laughs> but we're, we're just going to sit and chat. And um, we've chatted on many occasions. Come up here, Marzi. We'll find you a mic. I've got one. Ah, how did that happen? Jenny didn't want me to sing, that's for sure. <laughs> he just gave me the eyebrow when I tried to hit the high note. Thanks, Jed. You might have to hold it up yep. a bit. Yeah. <coughs> so um, we've um, spent many, many hours just getting to know one, an one another and chatting and really we're just going to go back over some, um, some of Marzi's life and what God has been doing in his life. But first of all... Um, Mars, um, can you tell us a little bit about your mum and dad? Yeah, um, so my mum's Vietnamese and my dad's, so she, uh, my dad's Italian, so Sicilian. So, but having mum and dad, uh, it's very multicultural, I guess you could say. <laughs> and, um, you know, going to school and all that sort of stuff was really fun because uh, mum would give me uh, noodles to eat, which is great. 
when everyone else was having sandwiches and stuff like that. So, yeah, but growing up different. Um, oh, mum's awesome too. She, um, we, we always speak, try to, you know, speak English in the, but uh, obviously it's not, mum speaks seven languages, but not English. So and your, your mum um, was brought out of Vietnam during the Vietnam War? Yes, um, so mum was born in um, Nha Trang, but um, grew up in uh, Phnom Penh, which is the capital of um, Cambodia. And um, it's a sort of a touchy subject in me because um, when I look at mum's, uh, she, I always remember, I, I see things. So if you have a look at my mum's hands or something, they're all smashed up. Someone with a hammer tried to get their own way and stuff like that. So... It's probably a bit of anger <laughs> there, mm. but it's pretty hard when you're sort of looking at your own mum's hands and they're all just broken. So, yeah, I'm not real happy about that one. And, and Dad's Sicilian, so that means he's angry. And uh, <laughs> 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 so I'll I, I tell you what. So when I get yelled at, um, that's the Sicilian side. My mum feels sorry, so she cooks something. So that's why I'm fat too. <laughs> so your mum was... I'm always um, in trouble. <laughs> your mum was Vietnamese and yeah. she... Um, were you brought up with any particular faith? Oh, uh, look, um, Buddhism, uh, because mum's um, obviously being um, Asian, they, um, that's like one of the, um, the religions mm. that... They have yeah. there, and I so I I read read those books. Um, it's more of a way of life, but that's just a yeah. different story. Yeah. yeah. Now, growing up, you grew up in uh, Tatura, and um, life wasn't that easy for your mum and dad. And yeah. you found that um, you had to help them out a little bit at times, which you did with. Uh, a couple of occasions, you found some meat and stuff. Can you? <laughs> yeah, um, just I know it sounds funny um, but to you guys, but uh, yeah, like uh, when you when you're um, the old, the eldest in the family, I you take on the um, that sort of responsibility to help. We all do. You you try to help as much as you can. So, but because Dad. And mum's has no qualifications. So the best you can always work is usually just like jobs that are, you know, ten, twelve dollars an hour, that sort of stuff. Do you know what I mean? So stay at school as long as you can, <laughs> because um, life's tough and it can get, uh, you know, with, without qualifications, as you know, soup. So, which is what we all often talk about, um, is that. Um, you hear things as a child uh, when you're a kid too. You you might think the kids aren't listening, but they are. So I remember, you know, um, Dad was talking how uh, ex- you know expensive things were and things like that. And um, our grand, his mum passed on, and he was saying how expensive it was for this um, the the coffin. So I went to school and said, and I went to a, a tech school, so that's just usually where people do a lot of hands-on things. So I made 
couple of coffins for Dad, and um, so you got, you're going to laugh, mate. Um, I'm in the shed, and I asked my science teacher, um, how, how big do you reckon I'm going to be, my father, and all this sort of stuff? So I got all the measurements, right? And I'm lying in this thing, and I'm, I, I don't mean it with any disrespect. I'm trying, I'm going to be in here for a while, so, you know, I wanted to be comfortable. And... Um, <laughs> My father walks in and he sees the coffin and I won't use the profanities in Italian but he says something and I've just popped out of this coffin. (laughs) (laughs) And there were some words. What are you doing? And I went, it was expensive. You said it was 5,000. I said, I've just knocked this up. And, I, and he goes, I can't believe you've made us. I've made you one too. Because <laughs> I thought he actually was concerned that he didn't get one. He told me in no uncertain terms. <laughs> so um, I just love it because I'll never forget his face. He says, you've got to get rid of it. You're going to make everyone, you know, it's bad luck. And I went, no worries. So I made a coffee table. He put it onto the thing. He goes, "Is that the coffin?" I went, "No, Dad, it's not." He wouldn't even use it, but yeah. Uh, but and so when things are tough, you know, we, I'm just letting you know. Um, he also said one day, for seven days and seven, this is for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I'm not making this up. All we ate was zucchini. That's why in my restaurants I had four. You would never find zucchini anywhere. I don't even care if you're making ratatouille, you do not put zucchini in it. It was instant dismissal at my restaurant if you brought a zucchini. For seven days and seven nights, breakfast, lunch and dinner, I had to go to school with zucchini. On the seventh, on the eighth day, I said to Dad, no way, Dad. I said, I'm going to go and shoot my brother's goat. Right? And he had a pet. Now, I'm not telling you to shoot your pets. I'm not saying that. But <laughs> I'm not... What I mean is this, when you're hungry and you see this silly little goat that we're feeding and Dad just said, and it's just running around, I don't see it as the little furry cute thing. I looked at it on a platter with sauce. So, no, I'm serious on that one. And so then I said, Dad Dad goes, but what are you going to do? How are you going to, uh, your brother's going to find out. And I went, yeah, he's at school. And we'll just say that the goat ate the um, rope and it ran away. And he goes, oh, that'll work. <laughs> anyway, I went to... i done the thing. And, uh, yeah, and my brother um, came back early. And, yeah, that's what I said. And, um, I mean, I was t- uh, 12 and... Uh, th- sorry, 13. And um, so I was boning it all out. And I hope that's not gruesome, but that's what we do as butchers too. So did all that, and I put it into, it's not my finest hour. Um, you know when kids have that little red cart with a little yellow, yeah, that was his. I put all the meat in there and um, went up to Mum and said, Mum, can you please cook this? And she goes, where'd you get the meat from? I said, I don't know. And she goes, is that your brother's going? I go, no, not anymore. It's, it's, um. <laughs> so 
I said, I only have a request. And my mum's one of the best um, cooks you can ever get. She can, she's amazing. I said, just no zucchini anywhere in that vicinity, and uh, which was wonderful. So, so, so Marcy, you left school at uh, 15. Yes. And you went to work. You'd always wanted to work at a restaurant. You went to work at a restaurant. How did that? Um, how was that experience? Oh, the restaurant. Um, well, so. Basically, I left um, early, and if you're thinking of leaving early, don't. Stay as long as you can, because now I'm spruiking the other way. But anyway, <laughs> is that sometimes I just wanted to work um, and help Dad straight away. So um, I went to, uh, I walked into a restaurant and just really, literally just walked in and just said, hello, I'd like to speak to the guy that hires and fires people. And how did he treat you? He wasn't really a nice guy. Um, I say temperamental, like 90% temper, and the rest was mental. And uh, <laughs> uh, I asked for Saturday night off once, once, right, just once. And uh, he, I, yeah, he said, "Sorry, what did you say?" And I said, "Oh, may I have?" I thought it's because I didn't say "may I," because I said oh, I'd like Saturday night off. And he went, "What did you say?" And I said, um, "May I have Saturday night off?" And he goes, "Come here." And I came over, he picked up a frying pan and smashed it over my head and goes, now what do you want? And I went, I'm working Saturday. <laughs> so all that went through my head was, thank God he didn't pick up, and I mean it, the cast iron pan. Because it was only the aluminium one. And that's good because it's not as hard on your head. Because mm -hmm. he did smash it pretty hard. It went clung just there. Not good. So Marzi, you had a burning desire to become a chef. And um, you ended up going to the UK <coughs> sorry, and working under a world-famous chef. Can you tell us a little bit about how that, um, how that eventuated? It gives us some idea of Marzi's strength of character and also his uh, drive. Well, so in my world so of cooking, so is that... And this is before internet and things like that. So these days the world's a lot smaller because uh, back then you'd have to... Well, my little boy asked me the other day, what's stamps for? And I'm thinking, oh, here we go. I said, we write letters. And he goes, why? And I went, well, we didn't have email back then. So back then it was a bit tougher, so you'd have to do things a lot longer. So I already knew about Mr Mosman, and that doesn't mean anything to you. It's not a drama. But in our world, that's like our... Um, he's like the, um, the grandfather of cooking, if that makes sense, right? So, and I remember a chef um, was talking to me, and he said, oh, you know, uh, I stood next to Mr Mosman. And I went, oh, my lordy, that would be great. I said, I want to... I said, well, are you wearing that jacket? And he goes, yeah, yeah. And I said, may I buy that chef jacket off you? And I paid $300 for it because I wanted it to be... That's, was, he stood next to Mr Mosman, if that makes sense. And so I wore this jacket forever. And I read every book you can get on Mr Mosman. And anything that Mr Mosman did, I do. So he shakes hands to all his staff. I shook hands to the staff that I had to as well. So, but this is prior before I started my cooking um, as a, in my own business. So I, I was in charge of people 
you know, as a chef. And um, so I would do exactly what Mr. Mosman did. And then one day I was reading this um, journal and it said, um, Mr. Mosman coming to Australia. You just don't know how excited I was. And um, so um, I was in uh, Queensland then, Caloundra. And uh, he was going, he was opening up the, uh, the Hilton, which is in uh, Brisbane. And he was there for five days. Now, I'm not telling you to do this bit either. See, I'm telling you, I'm not even sure if you need me here. <laughs> um, but um, sometimes you can stretch the truth. And I'm not saying to do that, but sometimes I do. do. <laughs> so I get on the phone and I said, hello, I'd like to speak to Mr Mosman. And the person says, oh, what about? And I said, oh, I'm the guy that's supplying the Tasmanian salmon for his cooking demonstration. And, and they went, but he's not doing salmon. I went, oh, he changed his mind and he rang me. And um, they go, so then I went through about three other people who were interrogating me, right? And right at the end, I'm kidding, not kidding here, this person gets on the phone and I said, um, hello, and I've already gone through the script, so now it's starting to sound very slick. And I said, oh, hi, I'm here to... Um, uh, talk to Mr. Musman about um, uh, this Tasmanian salmon. And he said, uh, well, Mr. Musman's not doing the Tasmanian salmon. I said, oh, you'll have to explain to him when he doesn't have it. He's going to look foolish in front of everyone. And he goes, well, I won't be because I am Mr. Musman. And I went... <laughs> and my heart just <laughs> went really bad. Like, and I went, oh, is that you? <laughs> and he went, yeah. And he goes... What do you want? And I went, um, I, said, oh, I, said, I said, Chef, you don't know who I am. I'm a nobody. Uh, but I've written 30 goals and I always set goals. I set it today. I set it when I was you know, 13. I always write my goals down and then I put together a plan to get whatever I, what, what, what I would like out of it. Some of them are great goals. Some of them are silly and things like that. But um, some of them are... Uh, life-changing. So one of the goals was to actually speak to Mr. Muslim. So as I'm speaking to him, I already ticked that one off. And then I said, Chef, I'm nobody, but I've got 30 goals, seven of them. I do not know how to achieve them. You're the one that will be able to help me. And he goes, wow. That's how he said it. He goes, um, so where are you? And I said, I'm in Caloundra. It's about an hour and a half away. I said, I just need five minutes of your time. And I said, I will be gone. You'll never hear from me again. I just need you just to help me with that. And he says, well, if you're willing to drive an hour and a half, I'm willing to give you um, uh, five minutes. That's what he said. And I thought, well, that's okay, because I'll keep talking. He can't kick me out. So, <laughs> so I did, and I went to the Hilton. And I know everything about this guy, so it's almost like uncanny. So I... Um, I didn't know what to buy, you know, in my culture you always bring a gift, right? So I bought a boomerang, not my finest hour, but I put that there and I had all his books under it because number 18 was to get all the books autographed uh, for me, so I put, took, took, took that and the boomerang and um, went to the Hilton really quickly in a Sigma and... Um, that five minutes becomes um, 45 minutes. Now, you've got to understand, I've read about him since I was uh, 14. And now the Hilton door opens, like, because uh, he was in the penthouse suite. So this is, this is cool. Um, 
you know how you normally stay at a motel, they have like the elevator? This one opens in his own room. Oh, I'm thinking, this is great, you don't even have to walk. You know, but anyway, I've been looking at Mr Mosman's picture for all my life, pretty much, and when I finally get to meet him, he's short. He's really short, man. Like I went, oh, Mr Mosman. <laughs> Hello. Anyway, spoke for 45 minutes. He said to me, um, you remind me of me, blah, 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 and all this sort of stuff. And uh, because he asked me why I'm in Queensland when my family's in Victoria, and I said, because I want to become the best chef and the best seafood is in Queensland, so I need to move. I need to move where the best is. And uh, I didn't think much of that when I said it, but it changed him because um, about six months later, he was opening up the biggest academy in the world, right, which is in... Um, uh, London, and um, he was inviting 20 of the best chefs. That's what this, and I read about this, and I'm not joking. I don't know if you've ever seen that show, um, Bella, what's that show? Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka? You know how he eats the chocolate and he gets this golden ticket? Well, I get an envelope, and inside the envelope it says, You're one of the 20 chefs uh, invited to Mr. Musselman's Academy. But you also have, unlike the show, you had to bring $15,000. So I did. Uh, that wasn't easy, but yeah, we got that too. So going to the academy opened up other doors about, so, and I'll be real quick. So Mr. Mosman then said, um, I got my two, two diplomas that I worked really, really hard for. And, um, you know, uh, things like um, other doors opened after it. So I was sleeping in a um, bus shelter for a few uh, days prior to the academy. This is in London? Yeah, in London. So when I left Australia, I mean, again, you shouldn't lie, but I knew that immigration was going to ask you questions when you get to the airport. So I said to Mum, Mum, I've got all the money, I've paid for the academy and everything, but I've got no money and I'm not looking for money, but we need to make it look like I've got money when I get to because he's going to ask me, how are you going to support yourself? So that's the Sicilian coming out of me. So I just got mum to put everyone to put their credit card into my account, and then I went... This is a lot of your relatives, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. and the the bank statement said I had 5,000, which was great, because then I could get into London and work. But I didn't have any money. So the first week, uh, we slept uh, slept in a bus shelter, and um, just picked up some odd jobs. Uh, the very first day, I, second day, I said to a gentleman, hello, I'm you know, here to... I will do an honest day's work tomorrow if you could pay me now. And um, because I'm sick of sleeping in that bus shelter, it's a bit cold. And the guy goes, what are you doing here in, in London? I said, I've been invited um, by Mr Mosman. You probably don't know who he is. He goes, Mr Mosman? And, like, that's how he said it. And he goes are you one of the 20 chefs? And I went, yes. And he goes, oh. He goes, um, how much do you make? And I, I wasn't lying on this one. I said 200, but he assumed I said 200 pounds, which is 400. And I, I should have, sorry, should have said, but I didn't because I needed the 400 and then I went and stayed in a um, hotel for that. So, yeah. Yeah, so, Marzi, you... Um Mr. Mosman, um, when you, when you um, first started with him, the chefs from all around the world 
the other chefs yeah. were introducing themselves. Yeah. Can you tell me a little Sometimes bit? Sometimes people, they, and they don't mean it, I, I'm not sure why. I think they just tried to impress people. Um, but when I was at the academy, see, I didn't have a, enough for a suit, so I, um, I went to the op shop and paid 50 cents for this suit. And it was, um, it was like out of the 70s. You know the ruffles? It's got the ruffles. <laughs> and I'm only laughing because I would have laughed if I saw someone wearing ruffles. It, ruffles will never come back into fashion. So I've walked in on the first day at the academy and um, the, there was 19 other chefs, right? So, and they're all... Very, 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 very good. And so they said, um, going to a wedding? And I went, no, my friend. I said, I'm here to, for Mr Musselman. And they went, wow, love your suit. And I went, thank you. I thought it was a compliment. And um, so uh, it was pretty tough because, you know, I was already negged out. Uh, I don't know if you I actually understand what I mean. Is like... I felt that I was good to be there and I worked very, very hard throughout my career. But it just dawned on me that maybe, maybe Mr Mosman thought he felt sorry for me and I was just there for the wrong, like a different reason. That might not be clear. I hope it is clear. But what I mean is this, because these other people were really nagging me out and I get frustrated because they almost made me take my eyes off my own goal, if that makes sense. So, so um, they, they were putting you down, yeah. basically. Well, you Mr Mosman, yeah. he... You don't understand, like, Mr Mosman is... He, um, he, he sees things that you probably don't see at the time. Do you know what I mean? So I remember... We had to introduce ourselves and, and my seat was right in front of Mr Mosman. So Mr Mosman's standing there at the academy and I'm here. And then there is nine, there's 20, so there's 10 behind me and I'm in the middle. And we had to introduce ourselves and these guys can talk. And I thought they were dyslexic and I'm not being funny. It's, you know how that thing when you go to the bank manager's office and they've got that thing where it's got his name? You know, your, your name? Yeah, on yeah, that? yeah. yeah. They had all these other letters. I'm thinking, oh, geez, they can't spell. <laughs> like, <laughs> M, C, Ds. And Just so you know, that's because they went to, like, a university. And I, and I got, yeah, pretty much kicked out of school. So <laughs> mine just had Mario Letizia. No letters. And I'm thinking, oh, God, yeah. I didn't even get letters. And then I didn't actually understand it. So then they were talking, and these chefs were amazing, and they still amaze me now. They were in charge of, you know, seven or eight different hotels, 190 staff and all that. And here I am, I was just picking fruit, man. Like, I didn't do anything. I, I, I was out of work because I'm in London now and stuff like that. So I went to stand up because I, went, I didn't know what to talk about. Cause Mr. So they, they'd introduced themselves and told everyone where they're from, from yeah. these flash motels, uh, hotels, no, etc. No two chefs were yeah. from the same country. Yeah. That was one of the things that Mr. Musselman wanted, was from every country. So, um, the, you know, there was people from everywhere you can think of. And it gets to me and I don't know what to say. I'm thinking, like, here we go. This is going to be great. Like, so I went to stand up and this guy behind me goes, well, this is going to be good. 
it's the wedding singer type thing. And I went, so I'm like, and um, I sort of went, and I, t- I remember, and I'm not lying about this, I turned around, I went, oh, it's not going to be good. <laughs> like, if you're waiting for something, I said, I, I won't be able to say anything. And Mr. Musman goes, Maria, please, you don't understand. Take a seat. And I said, sorry, chef. I said, I'm sorry. And I was ready to walk out. Like, I was ready to go because I'm thinking, and he goes, I'll talk about you. And for the next 45 minutes, he talks about how he met me, how I just will not stop until I get what I want. I also used to write to him, please do not give up my ticket because I'm going to pick fruit in the morning. Um, So that always gets me a bit emotional because it's a very hard job. And my dad does it religiously. You know what I mean? So... I would pick fruit in the morning at five, uh, six in the morning and then go to my other job at two. And I would write to Mr. Musselman pretty much every week to say, please do not give, my, give up my seat. I, I'm picking three bins a day, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't think... I just meant that I didn't want him to give up my seat. Do you know what I mean? So he then started talking and saying how he, I pick fruit. And then he also said, I welcome everyone, but you were sponsored here. You know, and I'm thinking, a sponsor? And then all I could think of, and this is how I think, you just, I'm so simplistic when it's think. I thought sponsor was um, when you sponsor the African kids. Do you know what I mean? So I went, oh, in my head I thought, oh, I should have just done that because it's only like $34 a month. I would have done that. Do you know what I mean? And then Mr. Mosman can see that I have no idea what he's talking about. And he says, no, sponsor is, means their company paid. And he goes, but you paid to be here. Anyway, started, this was like a thing out of a movie. They started clapping and it would not stop. And it was actually quite embarrassing <laughs> because every time it went to stop, one of the others would come up and, you know, hit me on the shoulder and stuff like that. And then I felt comfortable. And then I studied really hard and got my two diplomas. And I, then I've never been negged out for the rest of my life after that I will never, ever get negged out again. <laughs> so during that time, Marzi, um, <clears throat> yes, a wonderful. You really went well and it was just an awesome time for you. You also cooked for some fairly uh, special people while you were there. Yes, absolutely. Um, cooked for um, oh, the celebrities and um, I'm a bit of a guitarist, so... Uh, Mark Knopfler from Dire Straits. And, and, it was uh, his wedding? Things. It was his wedding, yeah. I, I um, planned his wedding for him and um, it's all going well. <laughs> and um, Prince Charles, Lady Diana. Prince Di. Charles, Lady Diana. And um, oh, I remember one time, this one, um, because I'm quite, I can lift a few plates, right? So we have these things in the restaurant where you, if you want to get somewhere in a hurry, instead of just taking three plates, we can put it... Uh, onto a stand, and I was the only chef back then who could pick up two two plates of fifteen, so that's thirty plates with the food on it, and then traverse up a um, flight of stairs. Anyway, I come racing around the corner, not my finest hour, and I smashed into one of the um, uh, customers, and and I went, "Oh, I'm so sorry, sir," because as I and he flew like, when you hit 120 kilos, you don't, I don't move, you do. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's gone, boing, <laughs> straight into the wall. And I went, I'm so sorry, sir. I said, um, and I didn't spill a thing because I took it all, right? <laughs> 
hero is such a strong word, but that was brilliant because if I went back down and told the chefs I've just dropped 30, 30 plates, I would have not been there. So anyway, I've smashed into this guy. He is flung off. He's hit the wall. And I went, I'm so sorry, sir. I said, I'm supposed to get this up there for Robert De... And I looked at him and I went, Robert De Niro, that's you. <laughs> And he went like, and, he, and, he, and he's like, and like he's Italian. So, so he looks at me and he went, well, you better get up there because I heard he's a cranky old man. <laughs> well, well, I hadn't heard that one. No, yeah, that's a new one yeah that one, he always makes, Robert every time Niro, I watch the show, huh? I always think of him, how he just ricocheted. He reminds me of a pinball. <laughs> okay, so... Um, after finishing in the UK, you spent um, some time in Europe. Yes. And then um, you came back to Australia and opened a restaurant yeah. um, over at Shepparton with your partner, Joey. Yes. Yeah. At this stage, you had a very trusting nature with people. Yeah. And, um, but this ended up causing you severe financial hardship. Mm-hmm. You came to Kerrang and got a job at a commercial hotel, or some of us know it as Sporties, uh, to help supplement your income. Yes. And to pay seamless, insurmountable bills at that stage. It was about this time that I met you, and um, along with several others, and we began cycling together. Yeah. Um, Coach is here. Yeah, we have Ken here. And yeah. So um, that was good. I enjoyed, I, I mean, I would never have probably spent time with somebody from, to me, he was out left field almost. I mean, I did spend too much time here. Can you spend too much time in church? I, I, <laughs> I probably spent um, too much time in a little clicks. Um, so um, once we began cycling together um, with a number of these other guys, um, I myself found it uh, wonderful just getting to know different, different guys and you were one of them. Um, but I do remember one day I'd gone I'd go home for lunch and um, although we still didn't know one another that well, you dropped in at lunchtime and we sat and talked for about three hours. I would normally have an hour off for lunch, but we sat and talked. Well, you mm. basically poured out your heart, Marcy. And um, you were finding things pretty tough at the time. Um, mm. Would you like to talk about that? Oh, well, just brief. Yeah, the... Um when I uh, bought my first restaurant, um, some, there's always people that maybe sometimes they prey on people's ignorance or whatever it is. I, I don't know. I'm a better business person now than back then, I guess. But um, when I signed something, it, that actually was not a good moment because they hid another piece of paper under it and um, nonchalantly sort of said, like, you know, and this one too. And I, when I signed it, as soon as I signed that, it was a quarter of a million dollars of debt has... I said that I will pay, and I didn't, right? And you'll probably say, yeah, but why didn't you read it? Why didn't you? you weren't there. So they made it look like it was just a normal thing that I was signing. Does that make sense? So don't beat yourself up over it. It's, it happened. But, and I'm one of those old-fashioned, if I owe you money, I will pay. It doesn't worry me. 
I'll just pay and I'll have good communication and all that sort of stuff, right? So, so when sporties were ring, they were they were wanting a consultant and stuff. I thought, well, here's a, another way to because I mean I I was upset that I got tricked, but it didn't worry me. I was just going to pay it anyway. It doesn't worry me. But then when I uh, this particular day, um, you have your good and bad moments. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I was staying over at. Um, upstairs at the sporties to save rent, but I did meet this gentleman over in the corner. He was very, very kind on my first day. Um, the second day he wasn't kind. No, I was just joking. The first, <laughs> first day, yeah, I could see he was getting worried. <laughs> no. um, but the first day he um, uh, had a room for me, and the new one too, which was very much appreciated um, because... Um, you know, I needed a room. And he said, well, we've just built this new one and I only had a not much. And he said, that's perfect. That's the amount I need. I thought, well, what a coincidence because it was the amount that I had. And now I know it wasn't. So it just shows you people, you're either kind or you're not really. <laughs> so I then stayed up at the upstairs at the Sporties, which you cannot stay up there. It's, it's all dirty and it's all broken and all that. So, and it was really frustrating me because this small door. So I went to see Super and um, said to him, we were talking and it was just, I was having my bad day and he listened for three hours. So, and um, he then, and I didn't really know him that well, right? And then he said, oh, well, because when I used to sleep upstairs, the mice that would bite my foot would wake me up and that would annoy me because I don't sleep that well, eh? And um, this mouse would chew, and I was saying to Super, I hate it. Have you got a mouse trap? And he goes, I've got better than that. He goes, anytime you want to stay, you can just stay here with Margie and thing. And I, went, and I was, I have to admit, I didn't know. I thought something was up. You know, yeah. <laughs> why are people kind like this? You know what I mean? That's I what I remember I'm you telling me months later that you were quite upset about that. Mm. I had no idea. Yeah. I, I like to, I, when you've been through the ringer and things like that, you're just a bit, you know that saying, once bitten, twice shy? I'm about bitten that many times. Like, you know, so when people are too kind, you sometimes your defences are up, and that's all it is. But Super Amagi and the people that I know now around Kerrang, it's genuine kindness. So, yeah, mm, big, big difference. So, yeah, you obviously wondered what was the agenda behind that. Yeah. 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 So I do remember you telling me also months later that at that particular time and and um, we did see you struggling um, over a period of time and you did tell me that you had actually picked out a tree Yes. On the side of the road. Yeah, I was going. To, oh, I had a Malu. Too. Uh, Malu's a fast car, so it would have been fast. Mm. But um, but then it was just a fleeting moment. Like it's just frustration because I'm sick of people taking advantage of it. I see it with my parents. I see it with not them not taking advantage. People are taking advantage of my mum and dad, and the struggle and stuff like that. And I just get frustrated because um, I just move at a million miles an hour and I just didn't like how or why does it always seem like it was us. That's all I think. 
Yeah, but I don't feel like that now, so <laughs> it's no. not doom and gloom. So you finished up. No, and we all go through some tough times. Yeah. Every one of us will probably admit we've had some seriously tough mm. times in our life and whatever that Absolutely. has caused that. So we understand that. Um, so you finished up at Kerrang Sporties <clears throat> and then you came and you went and worked on the wetlander for a while and then mm-hmm. you got a job um, with FECAT. But you came to live with Marg and I um, for three to four days a week and then the other days you'd go back to Shep. Um, and I tell you what, it was pretty awesome having Marzi living with us. Um, we'd often, most nights uh, through the week, we'd go for a, a bike ride before your day, Dennis. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> we'd come back and, and a couple of nights a week, quite often, Marzi would cook. And when you have, I tell you, somebody <laughs> who's trained under the, the top <laughs> world-class chef... Um, what was the restaurant at... Oh, Mosleman's. Yeah. What... It's um, uh, two Michelin. Yeah. yeah. Um, when um, you've got a, a chef living in your house and cooking for you, um, it was pretty good. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, no, Margie's got the best pantry in the world. If, if things went really, really bad, we could still live at Margie's house for another nine months and not have to go shopping. It's the best. Like in my pantry, you think, oh, he's the chef, he's got everything. Man, things are tough at my joint. <laughs> Over there, I opened up and went, oh my God, we've got seven different types of olive oil. Things are good. <laughs> I love it there. Anyway, so that was that was look great to just sit down and and uh, often we'd have other guys drop in as well and have a, a, a meal with us. Um, but um, also in amongst that, we'd often have very often have great discussions about faith and about God, who God was. Uh, yeah, um, the first time, I man, you got to understand, like. And I, I've got my little miss over there, so that's little Miss Tiffany. So I remember, and that's who I go to to ask every question you can think of. So even if Super says something or Margie, I'll still go back to my little miss and ask her because she grew up in the church and things like that too. So she, um, but I used to say, uh, the very first time, and you'll probably laugh, but I don't mean it with any disrespect. I went back and said to Tiffany, you're not allowed to eat at <laughs> Super's house yet until he's... Thanks, um, Jesus. I said, yeah. How, so oh, great. Yeah. And I went like, um, why? Why are we doing this? And then little miss is the best. She doesn't just give you one word answers. The next half an hour she explained it all. I went, oh, that's all right then. I said, so what I should do is have a snack before. <laughs> and then this is what she says, the guy that missed the point. And, I'm thinking, well, but anyway, it was different. You, you don't understand. If, if you came to my house with my mum and dad, you know, it's a different culture. You'd, you'd be going like, oh, my mum eats with her hands. My dad, and, and she'll cook 17 to 18 meals in the middle. You know, you all know about sharing platters now. We were doing that sharing platters before, you know, like way before. It's a cultural thing. So it's a, this one is not only cultural, because I don't sort of, um, the super's, um, you know, um, di- it's a culture, but it's also a religious thing too. So I've had to not adjust, but just understand, because I don't, I don't scoff at it. I just adjust or find out. So 
that's my little finding out person over in the corner. <laughs> so, but and, and yeah, when we started talking about the Bible thing, yep. and I, I would just then, you know, I've got a couple of thousand books at home, uh, not of the Bible, just on everything you can think of, like uh, cooking and self-help books and all that sort of stuff and goal setting and things like that. I've never had a Bible. So um, when Super started reeling off some things and he, he says things and I'm thinking, oh, that moment where you said about the yoke, like if you want to be less stressed, give the yoke to, yeah. to um, Jesus. <laughs> and I'm thinking, so he likes eggs. So. <laughs> and I wasn't even trying to be funny. <laughs> Super sees it and he goes, yoke. It's it's on a uh, it was a, on an animal uh, the bull with the the ox the thing like that and I thought ah oh, that makes sense <laughs> didn't <laughs> anyway you got a job um, teaching and cooking yes. um, and hospitality at Vicar yes. in uh, Kerrang here and they provide accommodation so you moved out uh, and after after staying with us for about eight months. But we continued to catch up and discuss and talk about God. And Margie gave you a Bible, a, mess, a message, which was probably easier for you to read um, rather than the old English version. So she gave you a message and it just so happened that um, earmarked in the message was the book of uh, the story of Saul, who later became Paul. Now... Um, Margie never, Margie never earmarked it, you know, purposefully. But yeah. you started reading about Paul, didn't you? Yes. That is amazing um, because um, somebody who could be so naughty and um, lost and blind, I guess, um, you know, it, with Jesus, and uh, he, he doesn't sort of go like, you know, you're too naughty. Like, we need some better people than you. He takes that person and that really gets me because each time because um, uh, I really uh, really studied that moment that that bit out of it because just shows you that that um, he cares it doesn't matter like so whatever your background that's how I interpret it and I'm only interpreting what I can understand obviously if you can understand a bit more then you'll interpret it at your level but at my level this is how simplistic it is is this Paul is so naughty that he's that Jesus says we he's the one he's the one that's going to um, uh, spread the message and even his own the disciples are trying to talk him out of it. Are you sure, mate? Like he's probably saying, like, are you sure you want this guy? You know, because he's killing us. Do you know what I mean? So I thought that was pretty cool. Like how... So then I thought, well, then I'm not that naughty. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, really? I, so I lied a couple of times for some salmon, for goodness sake. I mean, but then again, I did read another bit too. There is, in God's eyes, there's no... Um, there's not like... That's not a bad sin, you know. He's it's a sin, you know. What I mean? So there's not like you don't go look. I only stole five dollars, but I left ten. You know that's not going to cut it. <laughs> that's how I interpret it. Am I on the right track on that one? That's cool. Yeah. That's so it. so there is no in betweens. Yeah, that's what Do I. Do you remember the conversation we had? Now this is going back, you know, around the dinner table there. 
regarding uh, terrorists. And uh, it was just at that time where ISIS were... Yeah. Up until then, we'd probably hardly ever heard of ISIS, had we? Do you remember that discussion we had? Yeah, because I said to Super, I said, well, then, in, if you read the... Because I was questioning it. Like, I, I wasn't kicking and screaming, but I was just questioning every, uh, everything I said, that I read. Yeah, because I said to you, um, do you realise that God, mm. if one of those ISIS terrorists who's been doing some unspeakable things, yeah. if he came to God and acknowledged he was a sinner and he repented, true repentance, then God would forgive him. And you just said, no way. I, and I did, um, because I, I question things. And, and there's no dramas in questioning things. As long as you're willing to listen, don't just like question and go, oh, I'm not listening to anyone. So I, I put it back to Supra, saying, so you're saying and then repeated what you just said. And Super goes, yeah, and I, now I understand why, because it's on a different level. See, we're just trying to think, like, as a human, you know what I mean? God's totally on a way different wavelength to what we are. And one thing I have to admit, I then started grabbing, I didn't want to read The Messenger anymore, so I, Little Miss uh, gave me a the Bible, uh, a children's one, which is great because it kept the thing. Then I, your grandmother gave me a Bible and I remember reading it and going, Miss, why is the red on this bit? And she goes, um, well, that's Jesus talking. I went, oh, I better let Super know. So I text him. <laughs> I did, didn't I, Soup? Did. I went, Soup, anything that's in red, that's when Jesus talks. And he went like, oh, thank you. <laughs> I was wrapped to tell him. <laughs> now I know he already knew. But anyway, so I started to read the Old Testament and I was scared. I have to admit, I was scared because I'm thinking, God doesn't muck around. Like, you know, he says to that lady, don't go looking back there because I'll turn you to salt. She just, and it just turns her to salt. And I remember coming back saying, God, he, when he says something, <laughs> you know, he means it. And he goes, yeah. I said, and then Super said, well, Mars, it's very simple. And I love when he says that. He goes, it's really simple. God wants you to be perfect. You can't be. Right? So first of all, don't ever say can't to me. Right? So he goes, you can't be. It's impossible. Not just you, but we can't be. So he sends Jesus down, and the only way to get to God is through Jesus. Well, I'll test that theory. So I read in there what you have to do to be perfect. I lasted 47 minutes on the first day and said to little miss, I'll start tomorrow. And she went, fine. <laughs> tomorrow, half an hour. It's getting worse. I, I, said to, I said to little miss, how am I supposed to get to God to be perfect? I'm not even living. And she, she goes, you'll have to start tomorrow again for that one. I went, fine. She goes, I said, it's easier just to go with Jesus. And she went, yeah. The guy that missed the point. But why bother? To me, it makes sense. Just do it that way. It's too hard. Um, since then, <coughs> Marzi, you've immersed yourself in the Bible and um, you've often told me you can't put it down. Yeah. Um, what would be the biggest single thing that you've learnt from reading, uh, discussing, reading the Bible? Yeah. Um, what's had the most impact on you? 
Well, first, the, um, I, I sort of read, I sort of read, I read the Bible, but I also use a lot of technology too. So there's some, I get on YouTube and um, there, are, there is a, a, a site there where they read it straight from the Bible. Because sometimes when I read the Good Samaritan, I didn't actually understand it. So then I went onto the YouTube and they word for word, so you can actually hold your Bible and and they put the characters through, which is it's great because I'm a visual visual person. So I went, oh, now I understand. But when I read it, I didn't understand it. So I use a lot of technology and and things like that, uh, apps and things like that. So, but one thing I have to tell you with the Bible, it's amazing, uh, is and I get too excited because it's actually out of all my books, I've got a couple of thousand. It's the only book, and anyone who's smarter than I am can elaborate if you think, is I've never seen a book that this one book is a, is a history book, but it's also a future book. It's also a self-help book. It's also a friendship book. Do you know what I mean? It's whatever you want out of it. So sometimes when I'm like a bit lost and I need a bit of motivation or something like that, get on there. There is something there. If you're, it's a future book because so it tells you straight. If you you know what's going to happen, but it's also a past book, so you don't have to reinvent the wheel for goodness sake. <laughs> so what I get out of it is anything what I need at that moment. So I can't say what I got out of it. Like just recently, I just needed a bit of motivation. That was it. So yeah, cool. Hmm. Okay, so there um, is no other book like that, is there? Because no, I'm going to look foolish no, now. There's no book like oh, that. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> Because somebody's going to go, oh, it's this book. Oh, I didn't know It's that. still the world's bestseller, you know. It has been yeah, it's for... It's the number one bestseller. For, it's written in nearly yeah, every language. Yeah. I looked that up too. So just to finish up, Marzi, uh, um, I know you and I've seen you have a real compassion for those on the fringe, for those who may be intellectually disabled, who may struggle um, physically... Um, so can you just, um, I believe you have been put in a position where you can help them, correct? Absolutely, I'm being blessed um, because with mum and dad not having the qualification, and like we're in a time now where you just need qualifications. I've got one of those bragging walls and things like that, but that's, that was because dad sacrificed if that makes sense. So he went and picked fruit so he could take me to a school, a good, you know, the school that we could afford. I mean, I remember asking Dad, like, how come I'm going to North Tech and Lena and everyone else is going to the other schools? And he goes, because yours is only $80 a year. So I thought that was pretty good because $80 doesn't cost much. And um, so I saw how Dad and Mum struggled all their life and now, thankfully... You know, I'm in a position where we can help them, but um, without a qualification. Because when you don't have a qualification, you can only just get unskilled jobs. I mean, it's just a fact of life. So now I'm actually in charge of qualifications. So I'm not a tick and flick guy, but if you're willing to put in the effort, uh, Little Miss and I will work with the student uh, and I'm not, I don't give a rip about the background. Like, w- if you're willing to come to my class, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll give you the best. So you're teaching. So, um, I teach. You're teaching some. 
people who wouldn't normally mm. get these skills, even no. from their parents, on how to look after themselves, how to shop, in how disability, to cook. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm in two sectors, so yeah. disability sector as well as um, qualifications. So in the disability sec sector, we just, um, Tiff and I um, will work with them on just teaching them how to cook and... Um, and take them shopping and things like that because they're finding that um, their carers are now getting a lot older and um, if they pass on then there will, there will be a void there for them. And I remember the very first day, a whole chicken, you know, and the person looked at me and, uh, you know, is there bones in there? And I went, yeah, there's bones. And she went, I've never seen bones. I said, oh, so your mum must take the the chicken off the bone for you. And she's going, oh, don't know. Like, and that, that hit me because, you know, um, it just shows you that we're so blessed that we know this. So that's where I now uh, work with disability and it's a wonderful experience and to give them skills, we take them shopping and um, it's wonderful. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but also with the professional side for, for children and kids and things like that, we, you need qualifications for sure, or you will just, you know, you 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 put the your own barriers up then later in life. So, but yeah, so get you've, as many. Um, you found your niche where you can um, spend time with people and influence them, where they can see your character. And I know you've been able to even, yeah. Point them towards God, you know. Yeah, so we'd just like to um, put your hands together for Marzi. Thank him for his story. Thank you.